This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Hi, Helen. Thank you so much for joining us today to speak around your experience of COVID, but more specifically, kind of your, you know, the mental road to recovery that you found yourself on since then. So thank you so much. It's good to have you here. Lovely to be here. Thanks, Karen. Could you briefly share your experience and the severity of your illness and how recently you have recovered? So I think, um, you know, where COVID went from being very much out there and everyone else kind of experiencing it and us being on the sidelines, where it came very directly into my circle was on the 8th of June, um, a friend of mine and a fellow speaker colleague, Alex Granger, he posted on Facebook that he tested positive and that the cough was bad. And the Friday morning um, after that, so kind of three days later, I, I always wake up very early and I saw that during the night his wife had sent me a text and she said, Alex is gone, COVID has taken him. And and I actually can't even describe the devastation that I felt because um, I knew Alex well and I played a kind of mentoring role in the beginning of his career. And, and, and I think two things were just so shocking. The one was that how young he was. Well, I mean, he's, he's my age, so of course we always think we're young. Um, but he, and he was healthy. He had no pre-existing medical conditions. You know, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. And I think the second thing was how fast, literally from the Tuesday to the Thursday night um, is when he actually passed away. And then the next day, um, my husband was diagnosed or tested positive. So it literally wow. went from friendship circle then to my immediate family, Michael testing positive. And, you know, even though we isolated in our house um, in terms of he was upstairs and kind of I was downstairs, I, I did kind of surrender to the fact that I was pretty sure that at some stage I would get it, even though I gargle religiously with TCP that dreadful goggling stuff, which is enough to um, send anyone screaming in the opposite direction. But um, a week later, um, so Michael got it and he deteriorated very rapidly, quite scarily so. And especially because Michael is also not an unhealthy person. He's, I think he, I've never seen him take a lie in bed for a day and I've, he takes half a disprin when he's uh, feeling a little bit run down and literally within 24 hours. Um, so I think probably the biggest gift that Alex's death gave me was that I realized that early intervention was just critical. So um, literally the next day um, we took Michael to the doctor and obviously I can't even go. So he had to drive himself and um, literally he got cortisone, antibiotics, he got everything and he had blood tests and chest x-rays and the whole thing. And, you know, I, I, it is something I would recommend because what I've realized is when people deteriorate, you actually need to know, you need to have some markers in place. Mm. So a chest x-ray and um, blood tests are, are are very crucial because things change literally, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Your, your symptoms and sometimes you go forward and then you take kind of three steps back. And then a week later, I got it. Um, I felt very sinusy. And luckily, I I was not as bad as Michael. Um, but it's just, it's very unpleasant. And anyone who thinks it's flu, it's not flu. It, it was the weirdest um, experience I've ever had. I actually felt it arrive in my body. And I could actually feel it moving up my body. That's incredible. And so since then, how long have you been in recovery now? It's been a couple of so weeks. This is the seventh week. 
I went to the doctor about 10 days ago because I had that um, lingering COVID cough and she put me on cortisone for five days. And that actually, as she said, you need to mop it up. And it, it did work because I actually hadn't been on cortisone because I try and avoid cortisone because I, I have a very bad reaction to it. Um, but those five days really did help. So I don't have a cough. I, I, I don't have any symptoms now. And, and I, I think the biggest one is the brain fog um, that is definitely mm. real. I was almost incoherent. And, you know, as someone who speaks professionally, that's a bit of a problem because um, I, I would I want to say like pen and then I'd say like that word or that thing in your hands. And so, mm-hmm. so my vocabulary really went. Um, the two things I think that have helped with that is um, is I walked just religiously, even when I had COVID, I would go walking on my own on the golf course. Um, there were only probably three days that I didn't walk um, where I really felt terrible. I think that walking just gave me that mental bandwidth. And mm. the second thing is I started to take um, Lion's Mane. There's a, a coffee brand that I ordered on Take-A-Lot called Epiphany. And it's got Lion's Mane. And Lion's Mane is a um, natural equivalent to Ritalin. And uh, a lot of people have been saying that Lion's Mane has really helped them mentally. And I, I definitely, so I'm busy sipping one as we speak. And um, I found that I have one of those coffee sessions every day. And that that has really helped with the brain fog. Fantastic. And, and from a more, I suppose, psychological perspective, you know, besides the brain fog, which is still a physical symptom, what has experience opened up for you or really made you reflect on perhaps? I think that, you know, confronting your own vulnerability and your your mortality is always a scary thing, especially when, you know, up until then we've been completely healthy. So I think it's um, it makes you very vulnerable. I think it's scary. I was always more scared about my husband than I was about me. I, there was a nurse stage where I thought I was going to die. But with him, I, I really uh, was worried about that. So I think the vulnerability, the scaredness, but if I reflect on this, if I reflect seven weeks later, I think that I have a great sense of urgency now. It, it, that's happened ever since I turned 40 and I'm 51 now, is I kind of feel like I've got to get moving, like there's stuff I want to do. And so that has become even more pronounced. Wow. And from that perspective, you know, how are you really coping with it? What have you put in place to to help you to get going, I suppose? Have you got clearer goals? Have you, you know, are you mapping faster paths to them? Yeah, I think um, kind of the next step in terms of my career has been coming for a while. But maybe just to backtrack first before I answer that question, because it's relevant. I have a theory that and I mean, I, th- I think we all do, is that COVID has not just affected people with pre-existing medical conditions. It's it's affected everything with a pre-existing condition. So if there was a problem in a team, you know, the team has kind of fallen apart. If there was a problem in a relationship, you know, um, I mean, apparently the divorce rate is up 30% in the world. And, um, you know, if there was a, a problem in a business, then it, it kind of has, has taken big strain. And what I realized is that there are also positive pre-existing conditions as well as negative ones. And the things that I had put in place in my life kind of a few years ago was I sleep incredibly well and I take my sleep incredibly seriously. You know, and sleeping increases your immunity by 60%. So even if you did nothing else and just slept more, then that, that was one thing. So I, I go to bed at like 9, 9.30 and I'm up at 5. So I get my seven and a half hours and or seven hours every night and I think that really helped I do Pilates I do yoga 
and I meditate. So when we had a physio, a COVID physio here to come and help my husband with his breathing, and she did, she showed me a couple of exercises, and she said to me that I breathe very well, um, because I've been I, I've been trained for a lot of years on how to breathe, and and what I increasingly realize is generally we don't breathe well. So I think the more you can you know, do some breathing exercises, you know, when you're getting up in the morning, you know, literally those deep belly breaths. I think those things all serve you in terms of, um, you know, helping your lungs. Fully agree with you. Breathing really, it also just calms you down and helps you just to to reconnect with your body. Because I think a lot of the times we we function in our heads, especially if you're doing, you know, knowledge-based work or intellectual work, you, you're stuck in your head. And that just focused breathing really just helps you connect again. And just pause for a moment and, and gives you a little bit more clarity after that. Exactly. And just a tip on sleeping that, um, you know, I've, I often share with our delegates, and I, I think it's especially relevant, is um, take two slow-release magnesium tablets before you go to bed. And preferably bath in with a cup of Epsom salts in your bath before you go to bed. Because Epsom salts is magnesium sulfate, so mm-hmm. it relaxes you on the outside. And then the slow-release magnesium really help in terms of, you know, you going into that deep sleep state. Because um, corona insomnia, as they call it, I mean, I had, it was always, uh, COVID was much worse at night. I mean, Michael had some nights where I think he was convinced that these were going to be his last nights. And literally across the board, everyone will tell you that. Um, so I think that, you know, to get um, into some routine of sleeping and also people have terrible dreams um, with COVID, you know, you really have these dystopian nightmares and it's obviously mm. all your fears kind of coming out and you remember them and, and they're very disturbing. So in terms of, you know, other people that are out there and maybe having, you know, having had a similar experience or, you know, have come out of, you know, through a lot of the conversations that I've had, this has been really a, a transformational process in that, you know, like yourself wanting to move ahead forward. For a lot of people, it has also been about wanting to step back and questioning, you know, the meaning of, of the things that they have been doing. Yeah. From your perspective, you know, what are the tools available out there that they could use to draw on? I think it's, you know, one, I, I think you've actually got to bypass your brain. I found a meme, um, Karen, which I'll actually share to you. And if you can maybe put it in the show notes. Um, but basically, an essence of it is, and, and I had two amazing grandmothers. And one of my grandmothers, I, one died when I was nine and the other one died when I was 16. And the one that died when I was 16, her and I were incredibly close. And I remember going through a very bad heartbreak at 16. And of course, you think you're never going to recover. And she said to me that um, you've got to, do something with both hands whenever you're feeling heartbroken. And I always remember that advice because what she's saying is you need to bypass the pain in your brain mm-hmm. and actually go into your body. And so things like gardening, um, knitting, sewing, cooking, woodwork, anything that you do with both hands is a great, um, I think, life hack whenever you're feeling kind of traumatized so I have been knitting up a storm I have to tell you I'm not a very good knitter um, and I've had to pull pull out stuff and start knitting again but I can't tell you how therapeutic it's been so my you know life hack for everyone is to do things with both hands because it's a great mindfulness activity and what it does it bypasses all those thoughts and I think Mm. the second thing that I would kind of advise people I actually hosted my coach I've been coached for about the last two years and she was also one of my good pre-existing 
um, conditions because all the work that I'd done with my team and on the business really paid off when I had COVID. So when I was interviewing her yesterday, I asked her, you know, um, if she had any advice. And the one thing she said really stuck with me, and I think it's great. So I'm now paying it forward. And what she said was that that ability to surrender, she said she's had about 30 clients over the last 18 months that have had COVID. And she said they've been divided into two groups, is the one who are the surrenderers who realize that this thing is bigger than them. And we actually going to just pull back and pace ourselves and just go with it. So you've almost got to treat it as an unwelcome visitor um, who's arrived at a party, but you need to feed them, you need to give them a drink, and then you need to get them out as quickly as possible. Versus the other group of people who fought it, you know, have thought like, why me? Mm. Um, why has this happened, etc. And she says those people have taken a lot more mental and physical strain. So I think that, you know, my biggest advice to people would be is, is surrender to this thing. It is bigger than all of us. And, um, and, and trying to get that visitor to leave as quickly as possible. And I think the one other third thing is to really watch the voices in your head. Because, you know, our brain is such a negative organ. And, and I could see, I mean, emotionally, I'm, I'm, I've a naturally optimistic view of life. And I really could see how you can go as a downward spiral. And I think it's the isolation that, that causes that. So you've really got to, I watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on, um, uh, I watched the series on Showmax. So something that was light and fluffy and funny. Uh, because you need humor and you need to kind of stimulate some good feelings uh, because otherwise those voices in your head, I think, can really take you down some quite scary places. Absolutely. And I think that holds true, not, you know, just not only for people that are going through or experiencing COVID, but for all of us that have been impacted by it, because essentially we have to surrender because, you know, it's, it's very uncertain and you can't you can't really push against that current. You, you've just all got to learn to to go with it. Exactly. As far as possible. Exactly. Surrender and pace, and pace Surrender. yourself. Those are the two um, words that I kept on repeating to myself. Fantastic, Helen. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having you here today. Thank you, Karen.